Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to go pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 278 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Wild Sunday. Or maybe it's Monday. You're listening to this. On the commute back to work. Back at it, folks. Back to the grind. I hear you. Actually, I'm recording here Saturday afternoon as I stare out my window. Um, how about them Chiefs in a little bit of trouble if Mahomes is hurt? I just saw that. Just I just kind of saw it before I clicked record here. Uh, yeah, imagine that upset if uh, Kansas City goes out, or if they even if they win if they're playing without Mahomes. I don't know, folks. They're in one, as they would say. But what do cats want to talk about today? I got my, here we go, I got my, I got my list right here of things to talk about. I'm going to talk about my week on the internet. I'm going to do a player spotlight today. We're going to do a little Rocky hockey, a little Rocky Thompson. I was watching some Rocky tilts last night, really late last night, so I kind of got in the mood. Not a lot of NHL fights, but uh, some great stuff on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I will, uh, and I will, and I will cover all of that. Um, and then I got a list. And you know what? Because you know, I, of course, today, uh, as I'm going to cover in my uh, my week on the internet. Of course, actually, uh, last night and this morning is kind of when it all broke out. I got the Leaf fans fired up, folks. Oh yeah. Oh, I was called. What have I been called? A Neanderthal. Um, a boomer. That's always a good one. Boomer. Or some real unoriginal shit. We'll put it that way. Um, and I'm not a boomer for the record. I'm, I'm Gen X, by the way. But okay. Boomer. Um, so I figured, you know what? I am going to stick with the theme. And I'm going to talk about, I'm, I, I went through my lists and I, and I, I've actually had this one for, for a little while. And I just haven't uh, obviously put it, but I thought today would be fitting. It is today's players, 2022, who are the top 10 dirtiest players in the NHL. So we'll talk about that. I'm interested to see that list. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, 
But yeah, let's, uh, well, first of all, I want to thank everybody. Um, I, well, first I want to thank my, uh, my co-host Tony from, uh, from Wednesday, um, for coming on. And, uh, of course we did the, uh, Gino Ojik special and, uh, and I want to thank, I got a lot of feedback on that and I really appreciate it. Um, I think, uh, people really enjoyed it. So that was cool. Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it was, um, I kind of wanted to talk about what, um, what Gino's legacy was, what he meant to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, and Tony, of course, is, uh, you know, from BC, grew up and he still lives in, in, uh, in BC. Um, so I wanted to get his, uh, thoughts on just like, cause he was, you know, he's a, he's a big Ojik fan and, and just what, like what his impressions were of Gino and the first impressions and what he meant and his legacy, etc. So, um, yeah, I wanted to get Tony on for that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it went really well and, um, I hope you guys check it out as well as the rest of the back catalog. Um, other than that, um, I have an assignment for every, well, I'll get into that later. Um, but, uh, I have for listeners, I have an assignment. We're going to do this. We're going to create some content with the assignment. If, if you, uh, if, if some of you are willing to participate. So it is listener participation. Uh, and we'll get into that shortly. Um, yes, but, uh, first I'm going to start with, uh, as I said, member of the Hockey Podcast Network, over 50 shows in the network. You're going to hear my, but I do that a few times. <clears throat> I'm trying not to cough. I'm battling something with my lungs here a little bit. It's just, just a little bit. When I start talking for, uh, for any length of time, I start to kind of, I don't know what it is. It's like a, an engine. I'm going to season up a little. Um, but anyway. <clears throat> Um, over 50 shows in the network, all the NHL teams, there's podcasts for, so, uh, whatever team you're a fan of, uh, check that out. Also, Terry Ryan is also on the network. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I saw Terry, uh, I just saw it today. Um, he, he did, uh, he did an episode about Todd Gillingham, uh, who unfortunately passed away last weekend. Um, him and Terry were good friends. Uh, you know, they were both out in Newfoundland, played together, um, you know, and I know, I, th- I believe he had taught on, I'm pretty sure he had taught on his podcast at one time, but, uh, he did a, he, uh, he released a tribute episode. So I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but I encourage others to do so. Um, I will have to listen to that, uh, on Monday, but, um, yes, other than that, for my off network friends, of course, I got, uh, old Alec there at the five for fighting podcast. He just released his episode, the 10 greatest hockey fights. Of all time, he had actually put that question out on the Facebook message groups. Again, listener driven. And, uh, so he got the answers and kind of did a quick poll and, and, and came up with that episode. And of course, uh, you know, Alex has a tremendous, uh, back catalog by Lois, Rob Ray, Sean Pete, Jason Rushton, uh, Mike Segroy, Ken Tasker, on and on. Um, so definitely check out Alex's show. Again, also his YouTube channel. The original one, unfortunately, got taken down. We, we don't need to go into all of that with his battles with the East Coast League. But he did start another one. It's kind of the Five, five for Fighting 2.0 YouTube channel. Um, and he's actually been uploading um, uh, fan submissions. Uh, he has... He has folks around the East Coast League that'll send him like cam footage and stuff. And, uh, there's been some really great fights in the East Coast League this year. So it's been really cool. Um, so definitely subscribe to his channel. 
Again, subscribe to the channel. If you watch a video and you like it, give it a thumbs up. YouTube loves that stuff. Believe me. And as as I always, I, I know, I know, I know, I go on and on like a broken record, but it's true. That's that's the one. There are two things that you guys can do as listeners of a of a podcast and of a YouTube channel. Not just I'm not saying it for my benefit or any for just anybody that creates in general. Is if you could subscribe to their YouTube channel, like if you watch a video and you like it, hit the thumbs up. Because YouTube, that again, that helps, and it's all algorithm, guys, and it helps in the searches, etc. So you, as a creator, it's it's outstanding if you could do that, and then also um, the podcast that you, uh, that you're listening to, not only mine or Alec or Joe's or whoever's, um, subscribe to it and rate and review the show. That's it. That's all we're asking. And download, don't stream. <laughs> but that's true because that's how you can search the analytics. See how many people are listening, where they're listening, times, days, what's your most popular. Cause the, and then you can kind of gear your stuff towards that those numbers, right? Um, manipulating statistics, so to speak, but but using statistics. And um, and we can't do that if you guys don't do that. So like I always say, just hit uh, hit subscribe on YouTube, hit sub- and uh, rate and review. Uh, and again, you don't have to write some long, long novel in the review. Actually, you can just hit the star rating, whatever star rating you want. Just hit it and you're done. But uh, And then download. Don't stream, please. Um, some of us get paid by the download. But uh, that's it. That's all you can... Other than that, you're getting free content. What more can you ask for? The littlest things. No one's asking for money or anything like that. Um, oh, I will... Somebody asked me that, and I don't... Did I... Me- I don't know. I can't remember if I mentioned it. Uh, I do so many shows and so much content. I can't remember what I've said and... You know, um, I don't remember what I had for supper last night, let alone what I said three episodes ago. Um, somebody asked me about Patreon, about doing some paid content. Um, and it's been asked of me before, but it hasn't, it hasn't been recently. That's a, but somebody recently asked me again. And um, uh, no, <laughs> I don't have enough time to do more content. Um and uh, and I and if I was gonna if I was gonna charge anyone, um, I would I would really have not how do I put it not that I'm like mailing this stuff in or anything like that but I guess if I was gonna charge someone money uh, to to download my show or whatever um, or for exclusive content I would want it to be like maybe some player interviews I think that would be the only thing I could really do like extra like do the player interview but then. Do like extra, and then I don't know. You can maybe ask him a series of questions or whatever, and that could be the Patreon. I mean, maybe that's an idea. Actually, I just that just sort of came to me as in my head, but um, just now. But um, I, I late, but really lately, I haven't really been doing enough interviews for that. I mean, if I was doing an interview every week, maybe I could think of doing that. Um, but outside of that, to pay someone for me to sit down and just do lists or whatever like an extra I couldn't do that um no I don't uh I don't think so I can't see a, anything Patreon or anything like that uh in the future no I, I I don't have time for that um and I don't think I could commit that heavily to it um so to answer your question I can't remember who asked me that um well I've actually actually I think two people asked me that recently and uh 
anyway, I, and again, sorry if I had answered it before. I don't. I don't think I have. Um, I've been. I meant. To, I think I meant to. I didn't want to do it during the Gino one. I wanted to do it the episode before, and I think I forgot to. Um, I think. <laughs> sorry. Repeat and rinse. Um, but uh, yes, check out Alex's Alex show. Um, then, of course, we got uh, Jolton Joel Lazito there at the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. He just released uh, episode or volume one of uh, his talk with Dave Marcinician, crafty old blue liner. Now, there's a dude. Once you figure out how to spell Marcinician, that's a that's word soup right there. But after you learn to spell his name, treme- go to YouTube and check it. Tremendous. I have a couple of his fights on my YouTube channel. There's a couple of oh, great fights with Mackenzie Heward. Um, yeah, uh, Mark LaBelle, just a toe-to-toe guy. You know, one of those big sandpaper D, glassing out guys fight now and again. Like, he wasn't a massive, uh, like, I think, a fight total guy. But when he did fight, whew, uh, definitely check out him. Uh, tremendous. So, again, I'm, I'm falling behind on my podcast here. I have to listen to Joe's uh, Marcinition. But, uh, yes, but definitely uh, check Joe's show out. He's, he's had Trevor Steenberg on and... Uh, Ken McRae, multiple episodes for each interview. So definitely, uh, like I would say, Joe is thorough as thorough can be. Uh, you know, like I say, turn over every rock. Joe flips boulders and everything. He, that's how deep he goes. So, but definitely, uh, yes, check it out. And then, um, kind of a, a, a new cat on the scene. Um, he is actually, and he's the newest member of the Hockey Podcast Network as well. Uh, Jordan, who I had on a few weeks ago, um, and he is is his show is called Five and a Game, and I know he's been he's been busy and um, but doing some player interviews. Just finished another interview. Um, he hasn't announced it yet. He hasn't released it. That's this week, but so I won't say anything. But it'll be a good one. Um, but yeah, he's had Tristan Matson on, uh, Eric Lizon. Um, his recent episode. Um, he does the top five Drummondville tough guys. I, well, I should indicate Jordan's show is uh, basically surrounds um, kind of '90s, early 2000s Quebec Major Junior League, and uh, and he just talks about the guy, the guys, and and which was stacked back then. So uh, he's kind of doing the toughest uh, for each team and doing some different player interviews, some really good stuff, and and I think a really unique because uh, Jordan grew up in Cape Breton when they had the Eagles in the league, so um, so he saw all these guys live and. Uh, you know, was really immersed in it and, uh, knows the stuff, knows all the guys in and out. And, uh, yeah. And it's, it's a really, uh, and if you go to his, again, go to his YouTube channel, five in a game, please subscribe. As I said, but, um, he's kind of done some little kind of biography videos. Um, Samuel Duplay, Marc-Andre Waugh, Marty Doyle. Um, and they're really cool. Definitely check it out. And, uh, and like, as he's kind of narrating, you know, he's got videos of their fights from the Quebec League and stuff. And, uh, yeah, and they're like 15, 20 minutes. They're a cool little piece. Um, actually something I'd really like to do. I keep saying I want to get involved in my YouTube channel more. And that's one of the things I'd love to do. Um, is kind of like bio videos like that. That was, that was a great idea. Um, actually, and in his latest episode, and it's, it's so funny. I, it was a tremendous idea. Um, there is a number of players, cause I, of course, Long-time listeners will know. I've always been a big LNAH guy. I love the LNAH, um, especially back in the day. And I would love to have more guys from the league on. But, of course, a lot of them are French and can't really speak English. Or it's broken English. It, it, you could, it'd be a real hard interview. And um, so, unfortunately, just haven't been able to. I never even thought of it, but Jordan came up with a great idea. Um, he basically sends them the questions in text. 
because uh, you could do the Google Translator, right? And then they answer them and send them back, and then there you go. Yes, it's a written uh, interview, but nonetheless, it's an interview. You can get some quotes out of it. So I'm like, son of a bitch, why didn't I think of that? That was a great idea. So there's actually a few guys that I would like to do that with. Um, so Jordan just did that recently with uh, uh, Matt, Matthew St. Marie, I believe his name is. So um, that's on his latest episode as well. So uh, what a great idea. Yeah. And um, I think I might just look into that. Um, but because like I said, there's a number of uh, kind of the, some of the older LNH guys that... Uh, um, because it's been weird. It's kind of been odd because I've had to get like a hold of Swanson or Mayrad or something like guys that I know and kind of like, hey, can this guy speak English? And they're like, no, not really. Or, you know, it's, well, it's pretty broken up or, you know, whatever. But, you know, another guy's, no, no, yeah, he speaks really good English or whatever. So, um, yeah, so I've had to ask, right? Because, you know, I didn't want to ask the guy to come on the show. And then when he comes on, it's like, oh, you don't really speak English and I don't really speak French. So, uh, this is awkward, you know, so I didn't want to do that. Right. But no, Jordan figured out a way here. So, but anyway, five in a game, check it out. Does a, He's doing a great job. He's new to the scene. And like I said, anytime you can get new creators in the, in the field, it's always cool because, uh, well now there's four of us talking about it. Um, so there we go. And, uh, last but not least on the YouTube front, D skunk, my boy Jay down in Iowa. He is, his YouTube handle is D skunk. And it, uh, yeah, it's just fights that he's uploaded for at least the last decade. And he's got, uh, old IHL, UHL stuff on there. Uh, he's actually been re uploading all the recent SPHL fights. And there's, you know, there's always some shenanigans in that league. And, uh, but yeah, go down the rabbit hole on his, on his channel and you'll dig it. He's got lots of great stuff on there. So D skunk, all one word. And, uh, Again, subscribe to his channel. There, I've given you, I've given you some great podcasts and some great YouTube channels. There you go. That should keep you busy for a little while. How about it? All right, let's get into this, shall we? <clears throat> All right, let's 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 get into it. Well, here we go. Hold on. It's Saturday night. Let's. There we go. Oh, let me regale you with uh, what? Oh yeah, my my new my new feature on the show. My week on the internet. Let's get into it, shall we? Um, where's my list? Here, we'll, uh, because uh, I wrote a few things down. Oh, it, um, well, I'll get into the bunting thing in a second. That's kind of the big one. That's what's going on. right. I've still got it going on right now. Um, <clears throat> well, the first one, did I talk about, ah, see this, see, I can't remember what I talked about. Well, I didn't do it during the Gina one, but anyway, um, last weekend, it was last week, um, Somebody put up a picture or a, a video of uh, John Morassi fighting Steve Bossa, you know, those famous fights there. And uh, that's one where Boss, one of the ones where Bossa catches him and John goes down. But, um, you know, a bunch of people are commenting on it, whatever, back and forth. And, and the one guy types it, it's like, I thought Morassi was supposed to be tough. I guess not. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all he puts. It's like, oh, yeah. And this is in the fight group, right? So it's like, oh, seriously? And I'm like, and I, so I just like type back. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you have no clue or whatever. Of course, what's the next response? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of toughness, I never saw Probert get dropped. Oh, so I'm like, well, I guess you haven't seen the Ewan fight then, you know, or the Morissette fight or the Tamer fight. It's like, oh, these guys, tremendous. But it's like, I, I, well, and I, I mean, again, I've gone on and on about this on here, but. 
I, some of these guys, it just doesn't, uh, I guess it's like people have no shame or they just have no clue. Like, it's like, I don't know if, if you're going to like, well, I guess they don't, if you're going to flap your lips, know what you're talking about. Like Probert never got dropped. Well, yeah, he did. You know, like I, I, I don't, I can't think of any right now off the top. Not that I put a lot of thought into this or I didn't put any thought into this. I'm just saying it right now, but I, I can't think of a guy that, like, a fighter, a guy that fought a lot that never got dropped. Now, when I say dropped, I don't mean, like, that, you know, they got to peel him off with a spatula or anything. But, I mean, you know, a guy that got TKO, dropped, whatever you want to phrase you want to use. I, everyone that did. Everyone that, yeah, I'm trying to, I can't think of anyone that didn't. Um, so, um, I, I don't know what, like, just, yeah. There's always just the idiots, and it's and it's a shame because it's it, it's always like this. I don't know why, but they just have to throw Probert into everything. It's like you know, oh, they're walking on water again. And I love Probert; he's probably my favorite enforcer of all time, if not one of the top. I mean, whatever. But I mean, just these fanboys just can't help themselves. It's just embarrassing, just embarrassing. And I mean, I've you know, whatever I've circled the drain on that many times, but. And like even today, somebody put up the Bruby Probert fight from Jolo and with Brubies with Toronto. Bruby actually always did really well against Probert, but it's one of those fights. It's a sloppy fight. Probert cuts him under the eye, but doesn't really land anything. Like he lands a couple, but Bruby's up and down. He can't get his balance. Like Probert's kind of winging him a little bit, and he just can't right himself, right? But he lands a couple on Probert, and whatever. It's not, it's not like the greatest fight in the world. And of course, somebody's got. I've never seen the chief just get destroyed like that. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, he got cut, but whatever. It, but it's like destroyed. I'm like, oh god. I mean, I know, I, I know it's exaggerate, hyperbole, exaggeration, whatever. But it's just like I was like the guy that was telling me about. Oh, he can remember back in the back in the day when Teddy Harris used to fight for at least 10, 15 minutes. That he had fights that lasted 15 minutes. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, they just let Ted Harris fight for, for almost a full period of hockey. Like, yeah, everybody just sat there and watched a 15 minute hockey fight. And it's, I'm like, 15 minutes, LOL. Like, I'm like, no, they didn't. I was there, kid. <laughs> like, was it a brawl? I could see a brawl lasting 15 minutes for sure. You know? But just, oh, that single fist fight that lasted 50... Like, what? Why? Why? Like, you have Don Cherry, who played, like, a million years in the minors and saw a million fights, was in fights, whatever. He has gone on record to say that Probert McStorley fight's the longest hockey fight he's ever seen. Oh, I'm pretty sure he would remember a Ted Harris 15-minute fight. It's like, no. This... And I'm serious. Like, it wasn't just exaggerate. This dude was serious. He was serious that he was explaining to me, like, no, he, uh, oh, I can't remember the guy that he used to fight with. There was a guy apparently he had a big rivalry with. Their fights routinely went 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, so this is what, these are the people that we're de- I'm dealing with on social media. So, that's why I always say, like, why, um... And unfortunately, like like a lot of people, like I think my brother's rolled his eyes at me a few times when I've talked to him about it and whatever, but um, it's like, who cares? Like, it's just, why do you bother arguing? And, and I, I don't, I get it, I shouldn't, 
But I think the problem becomes is one of my biggest pet peeves in life in life is needless exaggeration. And so when it, when these clowns on these message boards do it, it's like I just feel I just have to just like take the piss out of them. It's just like no, it didn't happen. Like and if you need I always say if you need to use exaggeration to kind of like if you think you're trying to prove your point, you're not. You're just hurting it, in my opinion, anyway. You know. Anyway. But yeah, this dude was just trying to convince me that old Teddy Harris fought for 10, 15 minutes uh, routinely. Had amazing stamina. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, porn star stamina at that point. Yeah, fighting for 15 minutes. Oh, sure. But anyway. But yeah. Oh, Bobby never Bobby never got put on his back. Okay. Mm, sure you but yeah, I thought Morasti was supposed to be tough. I guess not. Like, oh yeah, like this guy's just went and just back cataloged every one of Morasti's fights, and oh god, it's just like, it's just. But like, what? Like that's what I mean. I, I guess I don't like some people just live to troll. I guess. See, that's the thing. I will say this about what I always talk about my day on the internet or my week on the internet. Um, I don't just randomly just write goofy shit to like. Get into it with people. So then I got something to talk about this Sunday. Like, no. What'll happen, and I shouldn't. I always say, I always say, do as I say, not as I do. But every once in a while, obviously, uh, I will. I tend to scroll Twitter. And that's where I see this horse shit. And if somebody puts something stupid, or what I deem as stupid, um, or just ignorant, or whatever, I'll call them on it. Like, if you're going to write misinformation, or... Or just bullshit about somebody, or be ignorant towards them, or whatever. And I see it, I'm gonna call you on it because it's like fuck you, right? So, yeah. So anyway, and and just like, and more just if, and even if it's fun, it, but sometimes people will write, like they're serious, they'll write something, and I'm not gonna just hey fuck asshole, what? No, I don't start swearing at them, but um, unless they're being real goofy, but. Or if it's if it's something so just what I'll, I'll may I'll reply to it, but kind of in a sarcastic, joking way, like okay, that, is that what or, or basically point out like you say this, but this is like when like well the perfect example is when people always talk about all oh, there's always fights after hits. When somebody puts that, which is daily, I don't reply to them. Hey asshole, get a clue. Like no, but I will just simply point out like State of Hoppy today put it out. And I said, well, actually, the statistics don't actually uh, shows that that's actually not true. And I'll kind of just say that. I, I don't, it's stupid. You know, I don't say that. But anyway, point being, um, anyway, I'll get, I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, um, yeah, so I guess that, that becomes where I, uh, where this is sort of born out of because it, it becomes a, uh, like it just like, well, basically, like I said, with the trolling, it's like, um, like I, I I don't know, like if it's some topic that I don't know anything about or little about, or, or well, well, I'll just keep it in the hockey realm. Like I'm not going to sit there and I'm like I said, if I don't I don't watch like everyone knows I don't watch hockey. I haven't watched in over a decade. I see highlights, and I obviously, being on social media like I have to be, I see constant clips, so I know who Austin Matthews is, and 
whatever dry sidle and all these it's not like who no i know who these people are i'm not that I'm, I'm not that far in the dark but i mean i can't i don't know the like at one time back in the day yeah i could list you off almost every team's entire roster now i mean there's probably whole teams that i don't know who it's like i might have heard the name but it's like i don't know who this person is you know whatever and i don't care whatever but i'm not gonna all of a sudden just be like oh this guy yeah he I thought he was supposed to be, he's a, he sucks or whatever. Like, well, I've never seen him play outside of maybe a highlight or two. So I don't have, I can't comment on him. It's, so I'm not going to, um, without looking into it. But these other, but other people, just, they have no problem. Like, I guarantee Goofy here with Marasty on his back and I thought he got top. I guarantee he's seen like three Marasty fights in his life, you know. And he, you know, and he sees all of Bob Probert's greatest hits and, you know, whatever. That's all he knows. And it's just like, oh my God. So I, I but hey, the, well, there, I guess there'd be no social media if people didn't do that, right? You know, talk without thinking. I mean, that's all, that's what social media is based on, is it not? So, um, yeah, other than that, uh, what's the, oh, the other one here, uh, um, oh, I did, that was the other one, I put, and it cracked me up again, this old school fight, oh uh, yeah, I put up the fight between Tiger Williams and Jack McElharty, uh, right in front of the net, a really good fight, toe-to-toe, um, you know, and I've, and I've been on this show, I've been critical of Tiger Williams, not critical, but of his fighting style, he's, he's of a, a lot of the Tiger Williams fights that I've seen, he's really kind of a wrestler, um, you know, he's not a real, he's not a real wide open swinging guy um at least at the stuff i've seen again it's not like all of his fights are out there but the fights that i've seen he's kind of an enclosed like he'll throw punches it's not like he just grabs a guy and throws him down but um but he's definitely an inside kind of wrestler guy but anyway him and mclehart you go really good toe-to-toe which is why i put it up because i'm like oh like a tanker going toe toe-to-toe this is pretty cool so i was like kind of putting the old stuff up plus it was like really good quality like you know, for like 19, whatever, 78 or 77. It's like crystal clear. It looked really good. Um, but a great fight. Check it out. It's online on my YouTube channel. Anyway, I put it up and people are commenting. Oh, great fight. Oh, toe to toe. Oh, Wolfman and the Tiger. You know, and people are enjoying it. Oh, here we go. Oh, typical pussy Tiger Whip. Got to keep his helmet on. Because, of course, Matharky played without a helmet. Well, it's not like he's wearing a visor. Like, it's not like it's today's helmet. It's some little thin CCM with a chin strap that hangs down to his friggin' waist. It's like, well, you could probably pull it off in about three seconds. Although, amazingly enough, that helmet stayed on. But it's like, oh, yeah, so Tiger Wood, yeah, no, you're a, if you played with a helmet back then, you're a real pussy. And, of course, you go and look. Well, this guy's Mr. Flyer, of course. He's got all the things. So I just want to say, well, what about Bridgman? I mean, or Holmgren. They wore helmets, and Holmgren wore a visor. And, you know, I know it was for an eye thing, but still, you know, if we're going to start being stupid... You know, or like, you know, Stan Jonathan wore helmets. So yeah, he, I guess he was a giant pussy too. It's just like, again, and he's, you know, I hate Tiger. Well, you can not, you can hate Tiger, Tiger Williams all you want, but just Tiger Williams is a pussy. Like, uh, okay. You know, and, and then he's like writing this big thing about why he is and all that. It's like, he's not though. Or oh, all those penalty minutes were smoke and mirrors. He was a pussy and he ducked guy. Like what he ducked guys. What do you, have you looked at again? Why you, you these people just talk out of their ass? 
like to, you're just talking stupid again. I guess I mean you can make claims, and it doesn't matter if you're lying or not. It just, you know that's the way of the world now. But it's like you go look up his numbers. He had like a forty fight year, thirty fight year. Like what do you what Tiger William? What are you talking about that he didn't fight? Like he had I don't know how many career. I know he had two over two hundred and some fights. Like yeah, but he was a pussy. Like oh, okay, and his penalty minutes were smoke and mirrors. Like oh. Now, I don't know, has anybody ever come out and said Tiger Williams was, like, the toughest guy ever? No, not that I've ever seen. But look at his fight card. He fought everyone. Um, you know, and especially back when the, you know, when those flyer teams were really stacked and those Bruins teams were really stacked, it wasn't like the Leafs were the, you know, the holy terrors of the league. It was kind of just Tiger and, you know, Tiger, you know. So it's like, but he went in there and fought all those guys. So, to sit there and call Tiger Williams a pussy because he's wearing a helmet. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, buddy. You know, but it's just like why? Why do we have to? Why do we have to be stupid about things? You know, just if you're not well, first of all, if you're not a Tiger Williams fan, just move on. Don't worry about it. I mean, that would be the adult thing to do. I, I know, I, I know, I get it, but. You know, but no, we we just got to flap our lips about something just to let everybody know that I'm out there. But okay, oh, this this last one here. One of the writers had put this Michael Bunting kid for Toronto. They shows him on the, as the guy that got shoved around by the ref, thrown out the ref door the other day, or out the door by the ref. Um, I have no clue. I couldn't pick this motherfucker out of a police lineup. I don't know. But apparently he's one of the decent players for the Leafs. So okay, whatever. But they put this video up on online, and he's on the bench and he's yelling at some guy and he's telling him, oh, "Fuck you!" And you can read his lips, "Fuck you, you fucking asshole," or whatever. And he sits down, and this guy's got a clip of it. And he puts Michael Bunting is the modern day Darcy Tucker, and you can't convince me otherwise. So of course I went and looked it up, and Michael Bunting has zero career NHL fights in like three seasons, um, and. Of course, Tucker had like what a hundred plus fights. So I just put one guy has zero NHL fights on the and the other guy had a hundred plus. So not really. Um, and for for whatever reason, well, it's because it's the Leafs. That tweet sort of took off, and it's like you know whatever. And I've had a number of people replying to it. Actually, most of the people are are, are agreeing with me. Um, uh, well, I laughed at the. Uh, well, Mike Perpec there, who I've had on the show before. Everyone likes to yap until they get punched in the mouth. This is what soft hockey allows now. Um, yeah, exactly. And then this guy, does this guy even know who Tucker is? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of scrolling something. Because this is all happening, like, right now. Um Oh, Bryce Davidson, another former guest of the show, great guest of the show, uh, reminds me every draft in the last few years when I hear the analysts, the analysts tell us about the next big power forward coming into the league who has never broken 50 penalty minutes or dropped the gloves. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, of course, this one guy, he's, of course, he's going to burn me, say, well, one guy got destroyed by Kovalev. Oh, okay. Because, of course, Tucker got hammered by Kovalev with a body check. Of course, then I said, well, yeah, and the other guy got destroyed by a ref, so, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, Bunting's whining is off the charts. The only thing I ever see him do. Um, Bunting is all talk. When it comes time to fight, he'll run away. Uh, modern day Leaf Bias at it again. And it, it, it's always funny. Um, 
Well, Tristan Grant, the board, reminds me of my neighbor's dog that barks from inside the front window. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a fantastic observation. Well, thank you. Um, so, yeah, saw Bunting play in the Sioux many times. His game is nothing like Tucker's. Um, all bark, no bite. Yeah, basically, like I said, it's, um, yeah. And then, of course, old Serge here. Yeah, Serge, he's got to jump in. Of course, he's got a Leafs logo for his profile picture. Uh, his, of course, his first response, LOL, Boomer doesn't get the reference. Oh, uh, now I'm Boomer. I'm like, oh, yeah, Boomer, eh? Okay. Um, of course, old JP there, yes. No reference to get. Tucker was a man. Played like one and backed it up. Bunting wouldn't have made it past Bantam 20 years ago the way he acts and carries on. And the entire league and other fan bases laugh at him and he scares nobody. I think he needs to see a shrink, to be honest. Um, and one guy. Oh, I think he gets the reference. Bunting likes to yap like Tucker. But he came back with the fact that Tucker was an absolute warrior with over 100 fights, including versus actual heavyweights, when Bunting has no fights. Plus, Tucker's yapping was even at a higher level with his antics. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it, it, it just, it's one of those things. And of course then, he, I mean, he's got to reply to me. Um, well, the game has evolved, Neanderthal. The reference was bunting being a prick on the ice like Tucker Capiche. It's like, I know I got it because, well, because I answered him, um, initially, uh, when he first said that, that, um, Oh, now where is it? Uh, oh, when he said Boomer doesn't get the reference, I said the Boomer insult is unoriginal and sad at this point. Do better. Also, you say I don't get it. Well, please help me understand what I don't get. Explain it to me, please. Help the hockey Twitter community by sharing your vast knowledge and wisdom. You know, um, so of course, that's when he replied. Um, you know, the game has evolved, Neanderthal, and it was a, the reference was being a prick. Um Again, I said Boomer, Neanderthal. These are uninspired, I gotta tell you. Um, uh, I said, evolve to what? It's just yapping. That's all they do now. Nobody does anything but flap their lips. It's embarrassing. Um, and of course, Serge just got a result to, we gotta be Kung Fu, Kung Fu keyboard guy now. He, oh, I'd love for you to say that to me in person, champ. Oh, here we are. Another champ guy. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, why? Well, I laughed because I went and looked at old Serge's Twitter profile here and read some of his tweets. Of course, he's like, he's the Leaf fangirl that's got a tweet during the game every 18. He's got a live tweet the Leafs game, the fucking nerd. But one of his tweets was, Michael Bunting's my spirit animal. You know, I'm not, I'm not really too concerned about people that talk about their spirit animals. But I, of course, I replied back, well, you claim Bunting is your spirit animal. So what are you going to do? Stand on the other side of the street and talk trash? You know, I mean, really, we're, we're keyboard, keyboard tough guys now. So yes, that uh, it it just struck me funny that when you, when you bring this stuff and again I'm not that's the one thing I will say because there's a bunch of people kind of railing on Bunting and everything I'm not shitting on Bunting as a player I mean he's got a lot of apparently he's got a bunch of points and he's quite I'm not knocking the player but I'm I'm just talking about I've I've seen a bunch of videos now of him yapping and getting into it with guys but that was my point. Yeah, Tucker would do all that, but Tucker ran around, hit everybody. Because the guy goes, well, you know, but Bunting does play physical and mixes it up, and that's what we need right now and everything. I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't, though. I mean, I but then, again, in my head, I guess in 2023, that's what's called mixing it up. 
is pushing and shoving after whistles and yapping. And then when you get to the bench, you really yell and point at them. That's mixing it up, apparently. I mean, I don't get it, but okay. It's literally all talk, no action these days. But fans <coughs> fans view that as mixing it up and, you know, whatever. He's savage, bro. It's like, mm, okay. You know, like to me, mixing it up is like, no, you actually fight every once in a while. And, you know, because, you know, guys chirped back in the day, too. But you had to back your shit up at some point. Now you never do. That's the difference. And that's what this one guy goes, oh, that's why he's saying modern day. It's the equivalent of. And I'm like, well, no, the equivalent means that. I get the reference, dumbass. When he said modern day Darcy Tucker. No, I know what he's saying. I don't need you to. No, oh, that's the modern day. That Well, you're also using the word equivalent. Equivalent means similar. So I just point, I, that was the point of my reply. They're not similar at all. Bunting doesn't really hit and he doesn't, he has no fights in his career. Not a couple. So it's like, well, nowadays they don't fight as much. No, he has zero. So no, they're not the same at all. Well, if you look at their stats, he scores more than Tucker. Well, that's not what the, that's not the reference. That's not the reference he's trying to make then, Goofy. As you're so quick to point out to me that I'm not getting what the reference. No, I get it. But if you're going <laughs> to... You know, oh, just... This, this is... Here, what... Why aren't you people on the internet with me? <laughs> exactly. As Alec and I have always talked about. Yeah, the moment these podcasts are done, I'm getting off social media. Because well, social media is just gross. And this is why. This is the stupid... This is the stupid shit that I see all the time and respond to. Again, well, why do you respond to it? Well, yeah, I, get, yeah. <clears throat> I have a government job and lots of time, I guess. We'll put it that way during the day. <laughs> but anyway, because I don't like exaggeration. That's that's on me. That's on me. I will say that's my one of my personal picadillos is I'm not a fan of needless exaggeration or just like, like I said, but I just get really annoyed and it doesn't matter if it's a fight group or Twitter or whatever. If you're going to say goofy shit and, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm calling you on it or just sort of like, what are you doing? I, you know, whatever. Anyway, how about we get on with things here? Um, oh, I was going to, my project that I was going to talk about. Um, yeah, one of the project I want to do, cause I'm always trying to, you know, do two shows a week, whatever. You're always battling. It's a battle for content, right? And, um. One of the things I want to do um, is do a thing with the with you guys, the listeners. Um, I want to do a Mount Rushmore project. You know, oh, name your Mount Rushmore of whatever the greatest scorers. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you pick four the the four guys, right? Um, I want to do the Mount Rushmore for uh, for tough guys. Uh, the the enfor- the the Mount Rushmore for every team. Every team's enforcer Mount Rushmore. There, say that quickly. Um, you know, so four guys for Anaheim, four guys for Calgary. Well, you know what I'm saying. I don't have to explain it to you, but yes. So that's what I want to do. And I want to get a number of people, not just like, oh, I'm going to have a couple guys on. We'll talk about it. No, I want to talk, like get maybe 25, 30 people all send me their list from all the teams with their four, four guys from each team over the team's history. And then I'll kind of just, you know, 
I'll kind of tally up the votes and see who got the most. And, and then, uh, yeah, I'll have a couple cats on and, uh, and, and we'll talk about it. And there's a couple, cause there's a couple guys I want to get on the show, uh, listeners of the show and guys that we follow each other on social media that I've, I've reached out to and be like, Hey, would you come on the podcast? Oh yeah, I'd love to come on the podcast. Then it's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Well, this is kind of one of those things that I, that I could get a couple of these guys to get on or get on and, t- and we could talk about. So, um, you know, we'll have a group discussion about it. But in the meantime, I want to have you guys all vote on it. So, and I want to, uh, get your email addresses and I'll, and then just email me. Um, oh, cause I'm going to put it online, right? Asking everybody, but I don't want it in the comment sec. Well, cause that'd be quite a lengthy comment section, but I want to just, I don't want everybody to influence others. I want you to, uh, just email me your, your, uh, in a, uh, just your, your, your form and, uh, and, and there we go. And then I'll just kind of tally the votes, like I said. So, uh, for those listening, hockeyfights at hotmail.com, uh, send me your, uh, your lists, uh, for each team, four guys for each team throughout history. And, uh, and we'll do it on the air here in a couple of weeks when I, uh, can coordinate with a couple cats. And, uh, and I think it would be fun. So, um, yeah, that is my project, the Mount Rushmore project, we'll call it. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about. So, uh, all right. Well, let's get on to what should we do? Should we do the list or Rocky? Well, let's let's uh. Well, we'll do the we'll do the player spotlight here. Uh, as I said, it is one of my personal favorites of all time. Rocky Thompson, uh, born in Calgary, six two, probably about two twenty. Left Chuck and Duck style, long hair. Uh, one of the actual like lifelike Hansons, almost it looked like. Um. But tremendous, and I actually got, <coughs> pardon me, I had a chance to watch him, of course, in the Western Hockey League as he played with the Medicine Hat Tigers, uh, for three years, and then, uh, year, uh, he got traded at the deadline and played with Swift Current for the, for the final part of the season in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, saw him a few times, saw him fight Wade Belak, uh, you know, at, at South, one of the great fights, and I was really fortunate to get the, uh, I got the game tape of that actually, so that fight is on my YouTube channel, Wade Belak, Rocky Thompson, check it out, great fight, um, and then, uh, but one of those guys that unfortunately, um, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, never really got a shot at the NHL, played 25 NHL games at 117 minutes, um, you know, uh, had about 20 fights, uh, including preseason, but yeah, could just never, never, uh, never stick with the, in the NHL, but had a, had a lengthy AHL career, uh, fought everybody, um, was one of the, uh, was one of the top would would be a top guy in any year that he was in the American Hockey League. I mean, I've had lots of guests on the show that that a few of them fought him, and they had nothing but respect for Rocky and um, in terms of a fighter. And um, yeah, and a lot of his fights are available on YouTube, um, and a lot of his minor league fights are. That's why I always say because I have some Rocky DVDs and whatever. I'm like, oh, you should have seen this fight. It was great. Well, but you can't see it, so I'm not going to do that. So when I do, whenever I do these players spotlights. I always do stuff that's on YouTube, so you could at least after I'm done talking about it or as I'm talking about it, you can go on YouTube and watch as well and see what I'm talking about. So I always I'll reference fights that are on YouTube, and um, but yeah, and one of the cool things when he was with Medicine Hat too was of course his brother Jeremy um, played with him, and they look pretty much the exact same 
fight. Jared is a tough dude too, and he played the minors and as a fighter and a enforcer. I've had him on my show. There's another guy I need to get back on the show actually, but he was a guest uh, way back when on my previous platform. But uh, the interview is out. It's it's on my list. It, it'd be one of the early episodes, like literally like. 11, 12, 13, it's in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, you should check it out. Great guy, uh, you know, um, good story, speaks really well. Yeah, and he had some great fights in the, in the, uh, in the Western Hockey League as well. And same thing, left hand, like they look the same. Rocky's a little bigger, but if you didn't know, you just see Thompson, they're fighting. I was like, yeah, that's Rocky. You know, oh, okay. You know, I mean, Rocky ended up growing the hair, although I shouldn't say that because Jeremy ended up growing his hair too, but, um, but yeah, just really tough dudes, similar styles and left-handed. And uh, with Rocky, he was actually a gold gloves boxer, really successful boxer. And you can tell because he's kind of got the boxing square off and the way he throws punches. He can throw with both hands. He's predominantly left-handed, but he can throw with both. Um, great chin. And and he, and, he, and he definitely, like, he'll duck away and use... Like, like he's not, he'll, he, like, like I said, chuck and duck. He kind of throws a left, ducks. And you can see some fights, like the guy's trying to return fire, and he's like literally thrown over his head. Rocky hits him, come duck, come ding, back, ding. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's literally the chuck and duck style. And he kind of, and he's spinning him. And, uh, yeah, but great fighter. Just really technically sound. And, uh, and I mean, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, I mean, they're, you know, I, I've enjoyed all the player spotlights that I've done. Um, uh, you know, and I'm probably biased because Rocky, like Rocky, was already one of my favorites for years anyway, since junior and like you know early mid '90s. But you'll be hard pressed to find a more exciting fighter than Rocky Thompson. In all seriousness, I'm not just again, you know, I just said about exaggerate. I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, he was one of the uh, one of the all time, uh, you know, exciting fighters. So, um, how about we get into his fight fight card, shall we? Okay, I'll um, well, I'll talk about his NHL stuff first, and then uh, and then we'll, you know, I'll kind of um, well, no, I get why, I guess we'll we'll do junior first. Um, you know, unfortunately, in the you know, um, well, really anything before the 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 uh, internet age, so to speak, or internet TV. I mean, uh, Western Hockey League footage is uh, real hit and miss. There's um. Like obviously, seventies and eighties stuff is pretty tough. I mean, there there is some stuff, but not not a lot. Like not just vast team DVDs from back then. Um, there's some sporadic stuff here and there. Um, late eighties, there's some Tri City stuff that has showed up. Um, some early nineties, mid nineties, Seattle Thunderbirds were always pretty good. Um, they actually recorded a lot of their game, like uh, broadcast their their home games. Um, so it's like broadcast quality announcers and stuff, not just you know game tapes. So, and like I said, I managed to get some of the Blade stuff. I have some some '80s Blade stuff that's actually from Tony Twist um, that has Twist and Kaminsky fights and and Kelly Chase and stuff. Kerry Clark. Um, a lot of that stuff again is on my YouTube channel. If you want to look it up, that stuff's actually from Tony Twist. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, <clears throat> but anyway. So with Rocky's fights, ah, it's here and there. I know the Thompson brothers. I've talked to Jeremy, and, and I did get some of the footage that they had saved, but um, it's not not a lot. Um, but there are some good stuff on there. Um, um, and, and a lot of it, again, has made my uh, YouTube channel. Um, actually, Jeremy and Rocky were fighting uh, Mitch Shawara and... Uh, 
uh, is it Menhart, I believe, and at the same time, and that's on the that's on my channel. Actually, Rocky has a really good fight with uh, with um, Jesse Rosanzoff, a real toe to toe battle. That's a really good one. His fight with Sean Selmser is really good. Um, Rob Skurlak, uh, again, the Wade Belak fight that I talked about. Um, these are all fights that are on um, my channel. But again, I mean, he had. That's the one thing with Rocky, actually, when you look at his stuff. He was never a big 30, 35 fight guy. Uh, you know, 18, 20, I think 21 was his most. Um, no, what, you know, but at the time, and of course, then the famous WHL fight was, uh, um, his, his fight with, uh, Scott Parker, um, in his final year of junior. And that was sort of the, the, the kingpin matchup. That was the, the two heavyweight champ, like, who's going to win the belt? And, uh, and that was filmed uh, in Kelowna. And uh, I know Adam Scorgi, who the guy who made Ice Guardians and stuff, he has famously on his interviews talked about, because he's from Kelowna, um, the whole town was a buzz that day about that Rocky's coming, Rocky's coming, and Parker and him are going to go. And, of course, they have the big square off, and they fight. It's not, a, is it the greatest fight in the world? No. <clears throat> but it's, uh, yeah, it's just two tough kids, and, they're swinging and hitting, and then they get all the gear off, and they're squaring off again, and um, it's it's quite the show. Um, but no, it was um, you know, and he's doing the and Rocky's got the long hair, and he's doing the chuck and duck thing, and um, that's the one thing with with Rocky's uh, with his his technique. It never changed from junior all the way to his last fight in pro. Um, he he's pretty much he has the same style, so. Um, but those are just some of the junior fights. I'd love to have more of his stuff, but yeah, unfortunately that's just the time that we live in, right? That, uh, it just wasn't available. But, um, so at 20 years old, he starts the American Hockey League. He's with the St. John's Flames. Um, had, had a great fight with legendary Jerry Fleming in Fredericton. Um, you know, he, I'd like to see how he did against Chara. He fights Chara when Chara was in Kentucky. Um, that'd be interesting. Um, he has a really good fight with Dennis Bonvie, who's in Hamilton at the time. Um, and then he finally gets called up to the NHL, and his first NHL fights are actually January uh, 28th, 1998. Uh, he's in Anaheim, and he ends up fighting uh, Brett Severn and Dave Carpa in the same game. And, uh, um, I mean, not not the greatest fights, but, I mean, uh, Severn was a veteran guy. So it, that was, a, you know, when you're, you're 20 years old and that's your first fight, um, a formidable challenge. Um I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad fight. I mean, they both kind of go back and forth and, and, uh, and Rocky shows himself really well. Um, but yeah, solid fight. And then with Carpa, um, he's, uh, he's all over Carpa, but again, you know, is Dave Carpa a killer? No, but you know, but just kind of a, you know, a sandpaper D man, right? But, uh, for a young kid, 20 year old up from the minors, um, you know, uh, a, a really good start to his, to his NHL career. And then, of course, the next night is New Year, January 31st. And, um, you know, um, and, uh, and it's uh, in Calgary, his hometown, and they're playing the New Jersey Devils and Christoph Oliwa. And, uh, actually, a friend of mine, Brady, was at that game, uh, I believe. And, uh, and, and he said the Saddle Dome was just rocking. And, uh, and him and Oliwa fight in the first period. And it's not a bad little fight. They kind of go back and forth. But the big one, of course, is the rematch fight. I don't know if it's the second or third period, but it's off the, off the face off and they square off and, and, uh, and Oliwa just can't, 
he can't set up. Like Rocky's got the hair, he's ducking and getting away and, and just, just peppering him with lefts. And then they kind of, and then he goes back with the rights and then he kind of gets Oluwat turned around and he's, ba- and basically he's almost like he's on Oluwa's back at that point. And he kind of hits him in the back of the head and Oluwa kind of, and goes down. Well, of course, Rocky immediately, you know, kind of gets up and he does the, does the flex and everything and he's got the long hair and he's missing the teeth and the crowd's just apparently rocky rocky and of course they got the rocky theme music going hometown guy that built up in the papers and the, like my buddy said that like the roof of the saddle dome felt like it was going to come off they were so pumped next day in the calgary sun big rocky hockey is the title and it's got his hands up in the air and um, actually that'll be the picture I'm going to use for this show graphic, um, is the picture from the paper. And, uh, and, and really it was, uh, it was one of those things that was, um, you know, they, Calgary could have had a real folk hero. And at the time I was actually really pissed at the flames for not keeping him. I mean, I get it at the time he's 20 years old. Okay. He needs some seasoning, but, um, he had done really well in the minors. Like, like I said, against Fleming, Bonvi, um, Brad Brown, like these were legit guys. And, uh, you know, and then he, and Oluwa at the time was in New Jersey and Oluwa had 30 fights. Like Oluwa for a stretch there, he was a legit top 10 guy. Like, you know, uh, like six, five huge. Um, yeah, Christoph Oluwa was a bad dude and, uh, to look really good against him. Um, oh, I forgot before the Oluwa fights, he actually had a fight with Matt Johnson. Um, that wasn't much of a fight. Actually, they fought him and Johnson fought three times in, uh, in the NHL and like none of the fights really. The balance was all over the place, and so none of the fights were really big. But again, it wasn't like he lost, right? He looked good against Matt Johnson. So right now, he's had one, two, three, four, at, five, at this point, five fights in the NHL, and he's basically won or drew all of them. So, um, and again, it's not like he's fighting like losers, like, you know, Severn, Carpa, Johnson, Ole Watch, Weiss, like legit names, right? So, and he's looking really solid, but. No, they send him down, so he ends up fighting Mark Major a couple times, Lakovic, Ryan Vandenbush. I mean, he gives it to Vandenbush. I think Vandenbush grabs his hair. Those fights are on YouTube uh, down when he's playing um, at St. John, but they're in Hartford playing the Wolfpack. Um, then he gets called back up again in April, um, and he fights Jeremy Stevenson. But then he has his first of three fights with Brashear when Donald's in Vancouver. And, um, you know... Uh, Brashear, Brashear gives it to him pretty good. The one thing, I guess I, it really shows Rocky's chin. We'll put it that way. Cause, uh, you know, both lefties, um, and for whatever reason, he, uh, Rocky just couldn't get like kind of the ducking style going against Brashear. Brashear sort of kind of held like it's just his style, right? Kind of had him locked in. And, uh, yeah, he, he tattoos Rocky with a few. Rocky lands a couple, but, uh, yeah, the fight's definitely a win for Brashear. Um, and then two nights later, uh, in Calgary, again, the battle of Alberta, he fights Billy Heward and, uh, you know, Bill, uh, I mean, no shit. Heward's a tough dude, man. And Rocky kind of, I don't want to say it's a TKO, but Rocky kind of catches them. Um, with, they're going pretty good, but they're spinning and at the camera angle's a little weird, but it looks like Rocky catches him and his helmet pops off and he goes down. He gets up right away, but it's definitely, it's a, it's a, it's a good look for Rocky. Like it looks like a good win. So Again, other than the Brashear fight, he's cruising this year with the NHL. And, and then they go back in the American Hockey League. And uh, St. John's ends up getting eliminated by the Philadelphia Phantoms. But he fights by Lois three times in that series. And again, all those fights are on YouTube. 
Um, again, first fight's pretty solid, pretty good. Uh, give Frank the win in the second one, and then the third one he does pretty good again. So, again, veteran, tough guy, and Frank Bialoa, so like probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest guy in the minors in the American Hockey League at that time. Um, so you just think as a as a as a as a twenty year old, I mean, you know, you got uh, you know Fleming and Chara and Worrell and Bonvi and Stoyanov and Brad Brown. Then you get up to the NHL and Oliwa and then Lakovic and Manabush and Brashear and Heward and Bialois. And really your only big losses are one to Brashear, who at that time is one of the top guys in the NHL. And it wasn't like he dropped you and rolled you around. Like, I mean, Rocky stood there, took the shots. I mean, he got out punched, but you know, it wasn't like he got dropped or anything. So, I mean, at this point, um, I, I was really hopeful that Rocky would stick in Calgary because it was like, they, you know, especially at that time in the night, you needed a guy and whatever. And it was just, um, yeah, they just, uh, Calgary didn't really give him a shot like the following year, 98, 99. Um, again, he has a pre- couple preseason fights. Again, he fights Brashear in the preseason. Uh, that one's a really long fight. They actually go for quite a bit. Um, again, I Brashear definitely gets the W, but Rocky stood in there and took it. But again, it's Brashear. There's no shame, right? Um, then he fights Buckberger. There's no footage of the fight with Buckberger in the preseason. Um, but then he, you know, Blue Ann, do, uh, Downey, Nykar, uh, great fight with Reed Lowe. Um, some great fights with Moose Morissette. Um, then he gets called back up in January. And this is probably, this is what, um, was tough because it was January 13th and the 14th and the 16th. He fought Stu Grimson, Matt Johnson, and Brant Myers. I mean, that's, that's, and then this is coming off, you know, fighting Morissette a couple times. Um, that's a real tough ask, but, um, the fight on his first call up on January 13th in Anaheim, he always does well in Anaheim, was with Stu Grimson, who at that time was probably, if not the top guy, one of the top guys in the NHL. And, uh, and you go watch the fight, Rocky takes him apart. Rocky, that, that's Rocky's best NHL fight that he had. Um, he really gives it, he gives it to Grimson. He cuts him under the eye. Uh, eyes already swell, swelling up by the time they're in the penalty box. And his style just, Stu's, Stu has the reach and the size on him, has about three inches. But Rocky's style, he just had, he just had, he, like I said, it's that ducking and then coming back with the left. Stu just couldn't, uh, I don't know if, if Stu didn't, had, didn't do any, you know, didn't watch him, didn't do any film work, but, uh, Rocky really peppers him. And, uh, it's a long fight. And, uh, Rocky looked great in it. And, uh, then his fight with Matt Johnson, um, eh, again, it was okay, but swing around, both fall down, swing around, fall down. I mean, it's really sloppy. Um, but then what happens was the fight with Brant Myers. And Brant Myers at the time was in San Jose. He's big, left handed, um, and he could throw hard. And, uh, yeah, and he catches Rocky, drops him. And, uh, actually, and that was on January 16th, and Rocky, uh, didn't have another fight for the rest of the year, and he had, I know he had concussion issues, and, yeah, and he was, he, he sat out a long, he, he missed a lot of time, um, after that fight, and, um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing, it's, um, you know, he, uh, I don't, I don't want to say that sealed his fate of not being an NHL regular, it might have, um, because he never really, um, you know, the following year, again, he played, he plays the preseason, fights Brashear again. Um, again, Brashear beats him. Rocky hangs in there, but Brashear just, Brashear just got the size and the strength on him and just can, and his style just, he can just hold him out and he just, he gives it to him. Um, but then he comes down, uh, back down to St. John's 
um, picks up a couple big TKO wins in the same game against Francois LaRue and David Bell. And I mean, you know, so he's off to a hot start, fights Nat, Nighty, Sandwith, Heward again, Reed Lowe, um, Lassard, McLaren, um, you know, and it's, but he never gets the call back up. And, uh, and following that year, uh, Calgary let him go. And, uh, he's, you know, he, so he signed a, a free agent deal. And the thing was, is I don't know, again, I'm not his agent. I don't know at the time, but he signed with Florida, which really seemed odd to me if you're, cause that's the thing when you're a tough guy, right? It's like a goalie. There's only so many spots. Um, you know, and Florida had Worrell and Laws and it's like, you're not cracking that lineup. So it's like, I don't know if he just, I, I don't know. I like, I don't know what happened there. Like, I don't know why he would sign in Florida. Um, you know, unless at that point he had resigned himself that he's going to be an American leaguer and he just signed it. Um, who knows? But, um, but even, but even in the America, well, that's how tough, uh, you know, uh, that those Louisville, uh, Panther teams, um, the 2000, 2001 Louisville team, um, they were, they were the shits. Their record wasn't good, but you look at the toughness on that team. You had Brad Ferentz, uh, Mike Cirillo. Brent Thompson, Rocky Thompson, Kyle Rossiter, Joey Tedarenko, and then um, some kid uh, in his first pro year as a 20-year-old named Eric Goddard. Yeah, that, that, uh, imagine facing that team. So yeah, a lot of toughness on that Florida team that year. Um, but Rocky's two fights were in the preseason with Florida against Tampa Bay, and one of them was against Big Kyle Friedrich, which he picked up the win against Friedrich. That fight's on YouTube. Um you know, again, and then he just doesn't play another game in the NHL, uh, that season. Um, you know, has a couple good fights. Uh, again, McLaren, um, has a great fight with Richard Scott. That, that's on YouTube. Definitely, ch- Richard Scott's awesome. There's another guy I should do a, but yeah, tremendous. But yeah, Rocky again. And then the following year, um, 2001, 2002, he starts the year, um, uh, with Hershey. Because uh, Louisville had folded, so they go. So he goes, ends up in Hershey, and um, he has some great fights in Hershey. And you really, I, I, I highly encourage you to go check his fights out with Francis Lassard. He fights Lassard a bunch of times, but the fight where he fights him when he was, um, he's in San Antonio, and he fought him again when he was with, um, uh, um, where am I? What am I trying to say here? I'm, I'm looking. Oh, when he's with uh, the Peoria Riverman too. But his fight, which was great fights, because Lassard's great too. But his fights in Hershey with Fran- against Francis Lassard, tremendous. Um, has a really good fight with Billy Tibbetts. There's another one. Um, Steve, uh, Steve Parsons. Um, and then he actually gets called up by Florida on March 25th. He fights Jim McKenzie, which before I went down the road, I, I thought I knew all of Rocky's NHL fights, but I did not know his fight with Jim McKenzie. Um, he looked really good. McKenzie, um, they go back and forth and get nothing really earth shattering as far as who picked up a W. Um, I would say it was a draw. If anything, Rocky got the, probably the better punches in, but, um, not a bad fight. Good showing against one of the league's best. Um, actually one of the all time best McKenzie. Um, and then he fights, uh, Steve McKenna and that is actually his, uh, last NHL fight. And, um, you know, and he takes it to McKenna and then, but even after it's done, McKenna's kind of smiling and whatever. And it's like, dude, you're six foot nine. Like just, I mean, I'm not like the guys go out and do it. I'm not going to knock any, anybody that fights or whatever, but I mean, I don't know. Was there a guy that like Steve McKenna just for that size 
just man, I don't know. He he was terrible. Like he'd go do it, but you know, I I think you just if you watch McKenna fight and stuff, you know his heart's not into it. Like he just he just doesn't have it in him. But he was the big guy, right? So it was like, but if if he could actually have figured it out for the size that he was, I mean, dude's huge. But yeah, he uh yeah, just doesn't have a chance against Rocky. Has no clue. But um, then after that, oh two oh three, um, he uh, he plays with the San Antonio. It was funny when I talked to Jeremy because I'd always get on Jeremy to because this point I was talking to him fairly regular on the internet and stuff. And I was like, tell Rocky to get his tapes and stuff. And oh, I know, I know, I'm on him, I'm on him. But Rocky apparently they made one for him in San Antonio and he left or whatever. He didn't get it. So there was like literally zero footage of that year in San Antonio of. Uh, of uh, Rocky, and it's like, oh yeah, he fights like he fights Lassard three times. He fights uh, Garrett Burnett, no, four times. He fights Bassard, uh, er, you know, Mitch Fritz, Erskine, um, you know, uh, Yuri Machevsky, and on and on. It's just like there's nothing. It's just like ugh, this is what we were dealing with, folks, back in the in the nineties and stuff. It's just like or the early two thousands, even yeah. You just think oh two oh three, you know, and and still nothing. Um. The following year, 0304, he actually goes to camp with the Edmonton Oilers, and in the preseason fights Olawa, who's playing for the Flames at this point, which is kind of a role reversal. But uh, you know, and again, he does really well against Olawa, and uh, but then that's it. And then at this point, uh, Toronto had picked up an American League team there, the Toronto Roadrunners, and which was cool though because at the time the Score Network here in Canada played a lot of the Roadrunner games, so um, yeah, so he got to see a lot of Rocky that year. And uh, he had some great fights. Um, uh, Gordy Dwyer, uh, a really great fight with Brandon Sugden. Um, a, a nice little rivalry with Greg Lakovic, Sasha's brother, who was who I always say was actually the better fighter of the two brothers. Um, Sasha was crazier, but uh, Greg, I think, was <coughs> was a better fighter in my opinion. Um, a great fight with Josh Gratton. I mean, I, how many guys, how many times have you said a great fight with Josh Gratton? I think that goes without saying. It's almost like it's a law. But yeah, great fight with Josh Gratton. And, um, a good fight with Sean McMorrow. Um, and then Tr- the Roadrunners actually moved to Edmonton. They became the Edmonton Roadrunners the following season, 0405, and he went there. Um, and again, great fights with Sugden again. Wade Brookbank, uh, four times. Actually, Wade caught him in Manitoba on the or in Edmonton in the one fight, but uh, Ivanez a couple times, um, Pete Vandermeer. I mean, uh, a, a bunch of times. So I mean, Rocky's fight card is great. You just go down it, and we're just a, a true minor league legend. Um, then he went to Peoria, and he finishes off. He plays his last two seasons at the Peoria Riverman of the American League. Um, some of those fights are out there again, as I mentioned, the Lassard fight. Um, has a fight with uh, Tedarenko, Brendan Prust, McAllister. Um, you know, and then uh, 06, 07 is, uh, I can't believe it's uh, 06, 07 so long ago uh, was, was his final season. But he you know, 29 years old. But, you know, in terms of for tough guys, I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of pounding on the hands and everything else. And, um, you know, it's and it's just uh, one of those, you know, you're in the American League, so you're still making decent money, but it's like, you know, and you know, I, I he saw the opportunity for coaching, and uh, and he went into it. But yeah, that, that Peoria team um, had him, Zach Fitzgerald, 
uh, DJ King. I mean, that's uh, Hans Benson. I mean, that's pretty solid. And I know from talking to the guys, like, Rocky was real good. Um, especially with young guys, uh, Rocky's always been a, uh, was a big workout guy. And uh, was really on, you know, about working out and fitness and everything. And would really, you know, get on the young guys and kind of, sh- you know, shepherd them, show them the way. And, and then, of course, with fighting techniques, I mean, you know, second to none as well, right? So, um, really became um, almost like a, a, a player coach at the last couple of years um, from all, from what I've been told. And, um, yeah, and again, his final year, a couple of good fights with Ryan Flynn, John Scott, he fights Eric Goddard. Um, TJ Reynolds, um, actually his final fight of his career, April 15th, 2007, him and TJ Reynolds, they go out to center ice, they pop the helmets cause you gotta wear visors at this point, uh, pop the helmets and, uh, and it's just a real good toe to toe battle and it's a hell of a wait for, uh, to go out on a shield, right. To, you know, a, a, a minor league legend like Rocky, uh, a, a great final battle with TJ Reynolds, a big tough guy. And, um, yeah, and it and it was always it always bugged me that Rocky never got uh, m- more of a chance in the NHL. Because um, you always, I know, as fans, we always, especially when I do my minor league mayhem tournament and all that, and where we all talk about this guy. You know, like I always say, right now the toughest guy in hockey is Brett Gallant in the American League. Well, there was a lot of and like Mike Segroy is talking. Well, Mike Segroy himself. There you go, him, Yablonski, Steve McLaren, uh, Rocky Thompson, Sugden. Um, Trevor Gillies. I mean, I know Gillies got the little run there in the Islanders, but overall, uh, Matt, Steve McIntyre. I mean, you're talking about guys that could have now are, am I saying they're going to unseat Probert and Dave Brown as the greatest of all time? Well, no, but, uh, those guys all could have definitely made a huge splash in the NHL in terms of the, uh, where they rank as fighters. And I think Rocky really showed that in the fight with Stu Grimson because Stu was a top guy in the league at that time and Rocky really peppered him and it showed that he belonged, he could, and Ole Watt at the time and everything, it showed that he could hang with the NHL big boys. Even though he, he really, it's funny to say at six, and I'm not saying anything that's not out there because Rocky himself has admitted it. Um, Rocky has talked about being on the gas when he was in the NHL because he just wasn't big enough. Um, and he felt he needed to get bigger and stronger. So, you know, again, um, you know, 6'2", 220, 225, 230. Um, but at 6'2", do you just think undersized at that point at 6'2", 230 or whatever and like jacked up? And, and like I said, he was a big workout guy, right? So, you know, it's all, you know, he's jacked up and stuff and he still feels he's too small. So that gives you an indication how big these guys are, right? But um, I think if Rocky had played like as a regular for five or six years in the NHL with the Flames or whoever. Um, I, I think he probably would have acquitted himself pretty solidly in in an upper top 10-ish. That's what I think. I think he could have sat, you know, maybe in that 8 to 15 spot in the league, I think, maybe in terms of where you would rank guys each season. That's me personally. Um You know, I but again, like, because Brashear, again, you guys can all whatever – but Brashear, LaRock, those were kind of the, you know, the main guys at the time. Um, you know, Brashear, that Rocky was definitely 0 for 3 against them. Um, hung in there every time, but, you know, Brashear definitely picked up the wins. Um, so it would have been interesting. Again, Rocky was really young too, but it would have been interesting, you know, as the years had gone on and he got bigger and more confident in his ability and stuff. 
how he would have done with with Brashear later on and how he would have done with, say, a George Rock and that type of thing. So it would have been interesting. You know, his style, you know, throw both hands. Um, yeah, it, it's really too bad that we, we didn't get to see Rocky uh, in the NHL for longer because it's like he's really just like out of a movie. He's like a cartoon character, right? He's missing the front teeth. Uh, you know, he's always kind of got the permanent black eye all the time and the long hair and um, a real showman when he fought. Like, he... He has a really cool, like the boxing square off and, and, you know, just, and wide open fighter. Like he ain't gonna, he's not gonna wrestle. So his fights will get the crowd into it swinging wild. And, and after he's done, you know, he's, he'll wave to the crowd and get everyone into it. Like just a real showman. And I think it's, it's too bad the NHL and us as fight fans really missed out on that at the NHL level. Um, but yeah, I encourage any, any of you. Um, again, I'm sure everyone listening to this show knows who Rocky Thompson is. It's not like I'm, throwing some undercover guy at you. But I think if you go back and, again, go down that rabbit hole and watch his fights, not just his NHL ones that I outlined here, but those American League ones and the and the junior ones. Go back and watch him in junior. And like I said, he's, his style does not change the whole time from junior all the way to the last fight, <coughs> the last fight with TJ Reynolds. So, um, but yeah, what a guy. And, uh, um, you know, I, I wish him well in his... Uh, in his coaching career, he's had a hell of a coaching career. He started off as an assistant in the Western Hockey League um, with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, then he was the assistant in the American League with Oklahoma. Um, assistant with the Oilers for the one year in that kind of the disaster year when Dallas Eakins was coaching. And he kind of got fired with everyone there. Um, but he actually became the head coach of the Windsor Spitfires in the Ontario Hockey League. And uh, ended up uh, winning a Memorial Cup with them. Um, yeah, again, uh, I know the asterisk is that they were the home, they were the, you know, they were the host team, but nonetheless, um, they did have a record of 41 and 19. Um, so, uh, and then he became, uh, head coach in the Chicago Wolves. Again, uh, back to back 600 winning percentage. Um, and then he is, uh, and then he went and coached a couple of seasons as, uh, an associate coach with the San Jose Sharks. And then right now he is actually the assistant coach with the Philadelphia Flyers. So, um, yeah, it's something when the assistant coach is the toughest guy on the team. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, he has had a very solid uh, coaching start to his coaching career. It's a grind. That's coaching deals. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can land his own head coaching gig here. Um, I know he's really um, he's really highly thought of in the coaching ranks. And, uh, cause he, you know, he's, he's really adopted the, not so much the analytic stuff, but he's, he's really into that. And he knows, uh, I guess all the new buzzwords in coaching and stuff. He's, he's kept very much, um, he's kept up with the, whatever you want to call it, the advances in coaching. Like he's like, you, you know, he's a nine, you know, he's not the old school dump chase thump guy. Like he's stayed up to date with the, the modern game, so to speak. But, uh. I, I'm sure he probably still likes the the physical play and the violence, of course. I, I don't think you're going to take that out of him. But, um, yeah, I wish him well coaching, and I hope he gets a head coaching gig here in the next couple of years. But, uh, yeah, there you guys go. The player spotlight, Rocky Thompson, Rocky Hockey, and uh, one of my all-time favorites. And, um, yeah, and like I said, you go down that rabbit hole, you won't be bored. Yeah, all oh, those Lassard fights. Oh, unreal. Check those ones out. But, uh there we go. Rocky Thompson is the uh, player spotlight. 
And now, a message from our sponsors. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Well, folks, is, is Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy going to keep it going in San Francisco, keep that winning streak alive against the Dallas Cowboys? It's going to be a tough uh, tough road challenge for, uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, well, the final segment here will be my list. Is Tim's fast-forwarded all the way to this point here. Um, we're doing something current here, folks. Oh, look at me doing the current stuff. Why not, right? Like I said, it's it seemed kind of uh, fitting after the little uh, uh, the little bunting thing and everything else with the the back and forth about that. Um, well, actually, I started recording this episode and then I hit pause and I went and ate supper. Um, and I and I haven't checked my my the uh, my Twitter feed yet uh, to see if there's been any latest replies. From uh, from Sergio, I'm gonna kick your ass. Um, I'll just I'll, I'll kind of uh, go through Twitter here to see if anybody says anything. Uh, no, he no, he hasn't replied to me. So <laughs> I think he kind of realized how embarrassing it all was, but. Uh, Anyway, how about how about we we get into this? Um, the top ten dirtiest NHL players, and this was written October fourteenth, twenty twenty two, by Eugene Helfrich. So it's brand new, and uh, let's see. Uh, as I always say with these lists and everything, I am discovering them with you guys. I don't read them ahead of time, so um, although I'm sure if it's today's players, obviously. I'm kind of willing to bet half these guys. I won't even know who they are, so we'll see. Hopefully there's write-ups, but uh, let's see what they got to say here. Hockey is played hard and fast. Athletes will hook, trip, face wash, and pester to gain a winning edge. Like all sports, hockey has official rules and unwritten rules. It also has a code of respect. Uh, Oh, yeah. There are many players that blur the lines between the two. Or cross them entirely and they can be downright dirty. These dirty unsportsmanlike and sometimes dishonorable players take every liberty they can on vulnerable players. They're seemingly incapable of delivering clean body checks on a regular basis. They take cheap shots, run smaller players. I didn't realize running smaller players was dirty, but alright. And blindsiding unsuspecting peers, igniting an intense and impassionate hatred. In short, they have earned their spots on our list of the most hated players in the NHL. Well, are they hated or are they the dirtiest? There's a difference. Although I guess not. Probably They probably go hand in hand. If you're dirty, you're probably hated. So, um, uh, oh, just dishonorable. Well, I'm telling you, this write-up has got me thinking, holy shit, the, we, these guys are going to the pits of hell once they're done. That's how upsetting this is. But, okay. Dirty players, the dishonorable mentions. 
Unfortunately, there are more than 10 dirty players in the league. Here are a few notable, but did not crack the top 10. Nikita Kucherov is arguably one of the best players in the NHL when he is playing a focused game. Uh, but he'll always find ways to generate offense, whether he's dishing out a pass or snapping a perfect goal. Uh, he is borderline unstoppable if if you only see his highlight reel plays. However, you would miss another aspect of his game. Despite being a star, Kucherov can be described as a greasy player, especially when he lets his emotions get the best of him, like in the in the postseason. He was famously suspended for Game 3 of the first round of the playoffs when he boarded Marcus uh, Nuvara, whatever, a clear moment when he let his temper take a hold of his play. And he's been known to deliver some very dirty slashes behind the play or on breakaways that are simply inexcusable in in the league. <laughs> I, I love the writing. Just so passionate. Oh, Drew Doughty. Oh, yeah. Plays with aggressive edge. Sometimes borders on arrogance. He loves to run trash talk. Oh, he isn't afraid to use a stick to bring players to his knees as a long-running feud. Fellow antagonist, Matt Chuck. Um, fucking... Drew Doughty's a goof. You watch those mics up. He's just a clown. The guy has been in one fight in his career. It was against Joe Thornton, and Joe Thornton beat the shit out of him. But he's a goof. And yeah, like you said, trash talks. Yeah, he runs his mouth. And he's, there's this one mic'd up thing. He's going on and on about this guy. I'm going to fucking kill you. It's like, holy embarrassing. You you know, and between him and Tachuk, I mean, you talk about a heel program. I mean, you know, if those two ever fought, everybody would be cheering for a double KO. But he's a goof. Great player, but he's a goof. Oh, Vetchkin. Well, there we go there. What's your name that wrote this? Oh, Eugene. Well, Eugene, I'll agree with you on this one. Ovechkin, for sure. One of the league's most talented players doesn't give you a free pass, though. Ovechkin, arguably the greatest goal scorer in history. He's been a player with dirty tendencies in the past. Delivers hard hits, but regularly takes them too far, leaving blindside hit, knee on knees, and hits from behind that have led to to some to dub him a cheap shot artist. Yeah, I've dubbed him a cheap shot artist on this show. Um, and he's... You know, uh, yeah, the elite Russian talent has been ejected for boarding majors and kneeing, been suspended multiple times. Notorious offense the cheap shot in 2010, sent defenseless Brian Campbell crashing into the boards, leaving him with a broken collarbone. Um, yeah, started war controversy when he speared Trent Frederick in the groin last year. Yeah, no, Ovechkin's a dirty shit. And again, I've always said with the dirty shit, it's whatever, but he never backs his shit up. Like I said, he was, he's got three career fights. Um, again, well, even under the picture, a big physical power forward, Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. The power forward. Oh yeah. Same amount of fights as Gretzky. Um, but again, big guy. Yeah. He does hit and stuff, but I've, I've, I've pointed out a numerous times on this show. There are 10 minute videos on YouTube of his cheap shots and running away and never answering the bell. And no, I have, um, no Ovechkin's gutless, man. He, uh, he's a chicken shit. And he always has been run and hide uh, again. Hall of Fame, one of the greatest goal, if not greatest goal scorer ever. Not knocking him as a talent, obviously, because like, well, you can't. That's ridiculous. But yeah, in terms of his, phys- he's a physical guy without a doubt, but just cheap shot artist. And like I said, never the rules protect him. And yeah, I have no. Yeah, he's gutless. Whatever. And before, like, he knocked out a Russian kid. Oh, well, yeah. He, he, that's the one fight he had. He, he knocked out an 18-year-old Russian who had never been in a fight before. You know. Again, the Russian kid wanted to fight. It wasn't like he jumped him or anything. They squared off. And he caught him and dropped him. Okay. But again, I'm not, again, I'm not. You know how I am with, like I said, you know how I am with exaggeration. I'm not exaggerating. The Russian kid had never been in a fight before. And he was 18. You know, 18-year-old kid. Never fought. Whatever, and Ovechkin buckles him, and now everybody talks like Ovechkin's 
fucking Rick Tockett. Like, it's like, no. You know, watch, go watch his fight with Dubinsky or uh, Kalata. Yeah, that, that's Ovechkin's fighting prowess right there. So, enough. Anyway, okay. Oh, here we go. The top 10 dirtiest players in the NHL today. Uh, oh, now, now I click out of it. Antoine Roussel, Philadelphia Flyers. There you go. Uh, 2014, the rugged Roussel delivered a nasty cross check to the net of Adam McQuaid. Retaliation for a good hit. It was a dangerous play to earn him a two-game suspension. It was resulted, resulted in a very serious injury that put the French-Canadian on the list when it was first created. In recent years, Roussel has managed to avoid suspensions, but he hasn't shaken the monitor of moniker as a dirty player. Uh, so far, he received a fine for punching Priyarvi, despite the Oilers were forward not wanting to fight. Well, okay, whatever. So he didn't want to fight. <laughs> so while he may as well have cleaned up his game somewhat since joining the Canucks in Arizona, uh, Roussel still has the stigma of a repeat offender who could find himself back in the news for a controversial play at any time. So there we go. So Roussel is number 10. Number 9, Corey Perry. I don't watch much hockey, but I will even agree with that. But playing against Corey Perry is like playing is like being a mole and whack-a-mole. The 03 first-round pick plays an aggressive style of the pension for some nasty stick work, hacking and whacking opponents whenever he can. He can also rile opponents up by running his mouth, delivering late low hits with his and a flair for selling penalties like no under, like no other. The flip side is that Perry was once a highly regarded offensive minded power for why do you keep saying power for uh, who can come up with a big key moments like Anna Dallas and most recently Montreal Canadian. He's had success on every stage of his career, including a Stanley Cup, Memorial Cup, Olympics, World Championship, World Cup, and World Junior. Even as in advancing years, Perry is still known for a player you don't want to face the playoff series, as he will at some point be in the middle of a controversial hit or dirty play that will leave you pleading with the rest for the call. Yeah, I mean, Perry's, I mean, whatever, like like they said, the guy's a winner, but yeah, he's a cheap shit. So yeah, always want to see somebody drop Perry, but uh, there you go, Corey Perry. Number eight, Radko Gudis. Uh, born Czech Republic, Gudis is drafted in the third round by the Lightning after a few years. Franchise acquired by the Flyers, joined the Capitals briefly, and then signed a three-year deal with the Florida Panthers. Throughout his career, Gudis is known as a player who's always on the borderline of legal. Uh, he has been suspended several times for controversial hits and has many more to his name. Has brought the ire of the NHL, earning him a fine as a, and a reputation as a dirty player in recent years. Gudis has vowed to clean out his game up. For the most part, he hasn't earned a suspension since 2019. However, that doesn't excuse his, bat lo- his backlog of dirty plays that drew some of the larger suspensions in recent memory. Plays like this are not easily forgotten, and he needs to play a smart physical game for the last few years to shake the stigma of being a dirty player. Um, I mean, I've seen some of Gudis' stuff. He will fight um, now and again. I don't know how much, again... Recently, I don't know how much he's fought, but um, I have seen him fight. Um, pretty, you know, big, thick guy. Um, there's probably not a lot that I could add in terms of some of the, for a lot of these guys because, like, again, I don't watch right unless they're kind of older. Um, you know, like I said, I don't know what the rest of the list is, so um, I can't really uh, expound too much on this. Um, but I've heard. <laughs> I've seen many people swear about Radko Gudis online. Number seven, Ryan Reeves. <clears throat> you think Ryan Reeves is dirty? All right. I don't know. For many years, Reeves was known for a ridiculously tough fourth liner who could rack up penalty minutes and lay down hundreds of hits each season. He was hated by many, but did but regularly did didn't cross the line. 
After joining the Golden Knights at 2018 deadline, however, Reese's reputation started to shift. No longer was he a player that just played a physical brand of hockey, but he started to find himself in the press for negative reasons. Late hit, hits the head, flat-out dirty play that left numerous players on the ice in seriously dangerous conditions. All you have to do is look at the 21 playoff series where Reeves had bad reputation comes from. He laid down a dangerous hit on former Minnesota Wild defenseman Ryan Suter, left him face down in the ice after hitting his head on the net, and then followed it up with a retaliatory hit uh, on Colorado defenseman Ryan Graves, which ended with him pulling a chunk out of his, a hair out of his head. To put it simply, this sort of play has no place in the league. There's a fine bet- there's a fine line between being a tough player who will stick up for teammates and someone who is making plays with the intent to injure. Lately, Reeves has fallen onto the wrong side of that line. Um, I don't know what the fuck Eugene's talking about on this one. Um, is Ryan Reeves dirty? Um, no. I mean, he's mean sometimes and a bully. And I mean, I brought this up on the show a bunch of times that even on the hockey fight groups, there's guys that cry about him and call him a bully and stuff. But I don't think any of those hits, I mean, anytime he does anything, those videos are all out there. So I've seen all these incidents that they're talking about. Um, the Suter, like none of the, Suter and Graves, none of these guys were hurt. So I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. Um, I, I don't know. Well, the, when he pulled out a chunk of his hair, he was wearing hockey gloves and he was trying to like grab the guy and he grabbed, you know, it wasn't like he purposely did it. Um, I don't know, I, I, maybe my bias is showing, but I don't, you know, well, and I always say with this, and that's the other thing with these lists, or even lately, like with, um, just currently on social media, the last few years with, with hockey Twitter, so to speak, and people talking about, they're like this guy, crying about this guy being dirty and all this, I guess in all my years of watching hockey in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I guess I've become sort of desensitized and immune to this, but what these kind of new age fans called dirty I like to call Tuesday like it was like oh dirty really that that's what you're crying about because sometimes I'll log on to Twitter and, oh this is some guy's trending so you know he threw a hit or did something that's got the internet crying right then you go and watch the incident and it's like eh, okay this is what everyone's upset about like which is sort of what happened with Reeves it's like really this is what you're crying about oh yeah so for old Eugene here crying about this guy being dirty and that guy being dirty. Um, nah, for the most part, I, I think it depends on what year, it depends on what decade you were born in is how dirty the play was. Maybe we'll put it that way. Uh, number six, Matthew Tuchuk. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, picked up where his dad left off being a tough as nails power forward who pushes the game to the absolute limit. Uh, earned a reputation one of the players who tries to straddle the line between gritty and dirty. Doesn't always get it right. Uh, suspended three times, earned a reputation as a dirty player. Even has learned to control his physical game and avoid making those suspension-worthy hits in recent years. Still manages to draw negative attention to himself, like when he's involved in the incident that injured the starting goalie Jack Campbell. Um, what we can, what what we can take from this, as long as the Chook is in the league, expect controversy to follow. As said best by Dowdy back in a 2018 interview. I'm pretty sure he might be the most hated player in the NHL, said King's defenseman in a one-on-one interview late Wednesday. I have lots of friends on other teams, and they don't love him either. Um, yeah, I mean, Tuchuk, yeah, I mean, he's annoying as shit, and he runs around. Again, great player. Um, I was actually really surprised Calgary let him go, traded him. I don't know. But um, but he fight now and again. I mean, 
the whole thing with Cassian and stuff. I mean, eh, whatever. Um, again, I don't, again, I, it's not like I'm watching Flames games. I have seen some Flames games because obviously they're on TV here on Sportsnet. And I've been at the old man's house on Saturday night when the Flames are on. So, I mean, I've seen Chuck play and he's, he's definitely got ratty tendencies for sure. Um, I can see, again, I'm like, I don't know what dirty, like, like I said, their definition of dirty and mine are different, but, um, okay. Number five, Truba, Jacob Truba. Well, I see this guy's name come up a lot on social media. I mean, they're always crying about his hits and stuff like that. But suspension is not the only sign that a player skirts line between clean hockey and dirty hits. For the newly anointed captain of the Rangers, Truba often sits on the line, but has managed to avoid crossing over and gaining the ire of league officials. During the 21-22 season, Truba became a focal point of controversy when he hit, uh, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but Kahari, and caused the forward to leave the ice on a stretcher. This followed through, uh, followed him throughout the postseason where he had a tendency to put down his hits that forced players to leave the ice. Some saw these hits as good old-fashioned hockey, while others saw them as dangerous plays that tar- targeted valuable players. See, this is exactly what I was just getting at. Um, no matter what your opinion on the situation, you can't argue that Trouble will be a lightning rod for controversy moving forward. Uh, as he plays under a microscope, every hit will be looked at through a different lens if players continue to get injured. See, that's the thing. Just because a guy got injured doesn't mean the hit was dirty. Um, I don't know. I see his hits as very Scott Stevens-like, and that's a very polarizing thing. I mean, how many times have I brought up Scott Stevens on this show, right, with all his hits? And, I mean, you mentioned Stevens on the internet or on even in these fight groups. Oh, he's a gutless piece of shit and headhunter and all this. And that's what they're calling Truba. Well, you know, like I said, good old-fashioned hits or dangerous plays that targeted valuable players. Well, um, if you're in the playoffs, are you not going to try to make life miserable for the opposition's best player? And you're going to hit them real hard. I mean... I don't, I don't see what the issue is. I've seen Trupa's hits. Have I seen all of them? No. I mean, has he probably had a headshot or a knee in there or something? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not going to, whatever. But again, the hits that I've seen, like the, the one here, the Kahari that they're like, it's just a real tough shot to take. It's a hard hit. And yeah, it sucks. You hit your head down, always in a vulnerable spot. Well, yeah, he is, but it's don't put yourself in that spot then. I mean, that's hitting. It's a physical game. These guys are going 35 miles an hour and there's no out of bounds. And you're surrounded by boards. I mean, you know, and, and like this, these new generation of these writers here, I think old Eugene probably being one of them, they love this idea that, well, he didn't have to. He could have held up. Oh, yeah. You're going that fast. In the, in the, that's when you know this person's never played a contact sport that's writing this because anybody that has knows that you can't just pull up once you've committed to the hit. It's just, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, and I mean, I know what they're trying to do with the hits to the head and everything. We don't want that. Okay, I get it. But guys are, you can get, these guys are wearing body armor now, like Kevlar, basically. And they're going that fast. And you can't hold anyone up anymore. There's no center ice and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and you get a guy as big as Truba coming down on you, and, or Reeves or what have you. Yeah, the hits are going to be real hard and real vicious. And, you know... And you could, and basically, and like a lot of the hits, Scott, the hits with Stevens, it's like you're basically crying because he hit too hard. That's what it comes down to. Well, he's mean. Yeah, well, he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame too. I mean, now, if we want to sit and, de- and debate the, uh, you know, on a personal level, if it's, uh, you know, 
is it right or wrong? Well, all right, but I mean, you're playing a game, you're getting paid millions to win. If you're going to come across the middle, I'm hitting you. And I'm going to hit you as hard as I can hit you because I'm trying to win this game. Is that such a bad mindset? Yeah, for some people it is. Um, I don't know. They People, so also a lot of these fans have, have an issue with it when it's their, their, guy getting, <coughs> their guy getting hit. So, you know, um, anyway, on we go. Number four, uh, Kadri. Uh, set, uh, no stranger controversial hit. Steamroll goaltender Baxter with a nasty elbow will go head hunting, land a dirty knee. Uh, take out opponent's knee, careless elbows, aggressive styles, earned him a steady growing trend of penalty minutes. Poorly timed suspension. Um, added to his lengthy rap sheet last year with Wiggles. Uh, it was a type of hit that could have ended his career and create serious damage. He le- hasn't learned his lesson either as he laid a similar dangerous hit on Jake DeBrusque in 2019. Earned him a three-game suspension. He got another eight games after an Ill- delivering an illegal check to the head of Justin Falk during the 21 postseason. There's no doubt Kadri's incredibly talented forward, but if you can't control your play on the ice, it doesn't matter. He's often on the wrong side of playing in the tough physical game. Until he can get that under control, he will continue to limit his top-end potential as a starting forward. Um, yeah, I mean, Kadri is dirty, and uh, he has thrown some dirty shit. Um, again, I think a lot of it's overhyped, but I have seen some of his shots. They were, they have dirty, and uh, that that really hurt that suspension in the playoffs last year. Um but, uh, I mean, obviously he managed to end up winning the cup, whatever. So, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, again, uh, runs around, throws a lot of hits, never fights. He's definitely a product of the newer hockey, but, uh, he's a solid player though, without a doubt. Number three, Brendan Lemieux. It's true. The apple does not fall from the tree. Yeah. I like his dad. He's no stranger blurring the lines of proper play. Lemieux plays the game like like a goon and had a history of making plays that sit on the borderline of legal. Um, well, with the Manitoba Moose in the AHL at 170 minutes and 51 games, his head-hunting his head play has been suspended several times in the OHL while playing for the Barry Colts. In the NHL, he's been suspended twice with legal check and is a fan of sitting in the penalty box throughout his 180 career games, 313 minutes. Oh, yeah, 180 games, 300 minutes. Seriously. All right, making him the fifth most penalized player since entering the league. Well, that really says something with 313 minutes is up there for league leaders. Considering guys used to get that on the, by themselves in a season. Um, however, this, what propels Lemieux up the list, now famous biting incident for someone who already has a record biting a fellow player, not only multiple times, but hard enough to draw significant blood, crosses one of those thresholds in a violent sport. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hated his dad, so I'm sure I probably hate this kid too. Um, I haven't seen too much of him. Um, I always like, he pl- plays the game like a goon. Oh, Eugene, Eugene, you're, you're writing here. Um, yeah, I mean, what, a, what it's, it's a Lemieux. What more is there to say? Um, number two, well, I thought he'd be number one actually with the way everybody goes on. But Brad Marchand, the original rat is Ken Linsman. Marchand's dirty style has also earned the moniker. He's so dirty that his own, his own team's fan base often has trouble defending his actions. Undersized forward, plays with the edge, borderline hits, unorthodox behavior, mouth that never stops, and a tongue that likes to lick. On top of that, he's a frequent diver that irks players as much as fans. Clipping, slew-footing, elbowing, the little ball of hate, so to speak, 5'9", more despicable on-ice antics, on ice antics per pound than any player in the history of the NHL. No, but okay. Players admit you love them when you're on their team, but feel 
you'd hate to play against them. All that said, he's developed into a first-line player and a valuable piece of the Bruins. So it's a bit of a shame he is more known for his reputation than sportsman-like player. With little remorse for his wrongdoings in recent years, the antics have thankfully not been the primary discussion of his play. He's still known as a dirty player by the league. Um, yeah, Marchant is a little shit. I mean, you know, the licking thing and everything else. Um, I know there's, I, I put it on social media a while ago, you know that meme that's going around with Probert? And it says, if I was still in the league, Brad Marchant would be playing tennis. I, I said, that's the stupidest meme I've ever seen. Because there was guys that played during Probert's era that would make Marchant look like a Boy Scout. Um, yeah, the, the dirtiest player in NHL history is dialing, dial down the drama, Eugene. Um, yeah, the licking of, yeah, I mean, that was brutal or whatever, but I mean, I mean, licking someone's face, other than being gross, it's not really, it's not hurting anybody. Um, you know, yeah, he's done a couple, you know, the clipping or the, the slew foot. Um, but overall, I mean, there was guys that would carve you up with their sticks and shit. I mean, that's, you know, like, like go ask Bugsy Watson and guys like that or Alf Samuelson and shit. They actually took out Pierre Mondew's eye with a stick and Cam Neely's knee and Scrudlin's knee and on and on and on. But you're going to, oh, Brad Marchand's dirtier. Nah, no, not even close. Um, but yeah, he's a little shithead. But he is a great player. And uh, I think it's obviously, I think Neely and all of them kind of sat him down and maybe Chara a little bit and just like, you know, we need you to straighten up here because you're doing a lot of stupid shit. Well, I thought he'd be number one, but I guess who's that? Oh, there you go. Tom Wilson. All right. I knew Wilson and Marchand would be around the top, but there are two options for your opinion. There are two options for your opinion on Tom Wilson. Either hate him and see him as a sign that the NHL really doesn't care about player safety or you're a Capitals fan. <laughs> oh, the drama. This guy totally writes like a complete hockey Twitter person though because that is exactly true on hockey twitter with these fanboys oh they just cry about everything unless he's on their team then he'd be great throughout the years he's broken jaws sidelined opponents with concussions while earning multiple suspensions polarizing repeat offenders built a career with controversial playing style that has targeted opponents heads and delivered late hits mm, not really but okay always seems to put himself in situations worth of scrutiny well he's been able to keep his name out of the headlines briefly. Wilson fell back into his old habits in 2021. First, he was suspended five games for boarding Carlo, uh, which was his fifth suspension in his career. Then he had the moment that briefly broke the NHL when he got into a scrum with uh, the New York Rangers, Panarin, that left the Rangers star injured in a play that looked dirtier and dirtier the more you saw it. Yeah, but it wasn't, and they started it, but okay. Uh, to put it simple, there's a gap between the NHL says what they allow on the ice and what they actually allow. With a player like Wilson in the league, he finds a way to live to live in that gap somehow, skirting all the while putting players' health in danger. Um, this this guy is obviously a drama queen who's writing this, which is no surprise. Which I'm sure that's why the boys sent me that list to kind of make it funny. But um, you know, and I would have found it funny. But yeah, and I'm looking at his picture. He's a typical little nerd, you know, young kid that thinks this is all just oh the end of the world. Um, Tom Wilson, I guess, is dirty by, again, by today's standards. I guess that's what the article's written for. Again, I don't find him dirty, but, um, yeah, he's throwing a couple late hits. But, again, like even the hit on the St. Louis guy when he was coming back, well, you're taught to come back through the middle of the ice, and he did, and he caught the guy, and it's like, well, <laughs> like, again, it's the end of the world. And the thing with Panarin and the Ranger guys well, Panera jumped on his back in a scrum. What do you want him to do? So he flipped him down and he just ragdolled him. 
That's all he did. He didn't punch him. He wasn't punching him. He was just ragdolling him, shaking him. Well, okay. You're lucky he wasn't punching him. You know, and and he hurt his knee or whatever. But, I mean, what do you want Wilson to do when a guy jumps on his back in a scrum? Seriously. But, I don't know. And everybody cried like that was just terrible. It's like, he didn't do anything. And it's like, oh, it's dirty. Or the more times you watch it. Oh, God. Dial down the drama. Like I said, these articles um, are are both funny, but they're very, it, in all truthless, they're kind of, they're really frustrating too. And it really goes back to, well, it could really be my week on the internet. Could really fall into, this list could fall into that. Because basically on the internet, what old Eugene, with all the stuff that I was reading with him crying about each of these players, that's daily shit on Twitter. About so-and-so did this in the game, and so-and-so did that, and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll have their little gif or their little meme of the incident up there. And it's like, eh, you're watching it like, okay, and, you know. And then, of course, they get called a Neanderthal or Boomer and whatever. And they go watch UFC. Oh, okay. I guess so. Like I said, I guess I'm immune to all of this. Um you know, but if, if I think a hit's dirty, I don't care who threw it. If Reeves throws a dirty hit, I'll say it was a dirty hit. I mean, I I have no, like I said, I I have no uh, um, pound of flesh in this game. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I've always said with this show, I mean, I'll call out anybody. I'm I've always and I pride myself on that, and I I'm legitimate when I say it that I I will uh, I'm the most neutral observer you're going to get um in terms of calling something i will looks like for the wrestling folks out there i'm just like fonzie i will call it down the middle i will it doesn't matter who it is i've called i have if any longtime listener of this show i've called out bob probert on shit i've called out twist and stuff and reeves and newer guys i mean no if you're gonna do dirty shit i'll call you on it i mean i'm not some just fanboy with fan goggles on that you know, with, has blinders with certain players. Like, that's not, to me, that's not fair. And that's, and you're a hypocrite at that point, which majority of social media is. Even these guys in the fight group, they can't, most of them can't see past their fandom. They're good with any other team, except if it's a flyer guy or a Bruin guy or a Probert guy. And then all of a sudden it's like, we become eight-year-olds in the playground again. Um, no, I, I will... I am most neutral observer you're going to get because I don't give a shit about any of this. And I don't have favoritists. It doesn't matter to me. I'll give a guy a win or a loss or whatever. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I again, with the Wilson stuff, I mean, whatever. I I don't see it. Uh, him being some huge dirt. Now... By Eugene and the 2023 hockey fans. Oh yeah, Wilson's like fucking a movie monster. Like he's Jason, he's Michael Myers in their minds. But I mean, any long-term fan, older fan, it's just sort of like, mm, whatever, you know. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and jump up and down and yell and scream how terrible he is and how whatever. And he's all this dirty and it's like, no, not really. So I don't know, folks. There you go. I guess that was sort of a lackluster fucking uh, dirty uh, top 10 dirty list because it's like, yeah, it's like newer age players. So it's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> but anyway, I'm getting out of here. Holy shit. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. 
man, for a Sunday, that's a long Sunday episode. Sorry for going so long. I guess I've been sort of ranting down here. And, like I'm sitting out here in the dark, kind of yelling out the window after supper here. But I got excited talking about Rocky. What can I say? I will say, I guess I'm a Rocky fanboy. There you go. But I'll say Rocky lost when he lost. I mean, whatever. Um, but he didn't lose many. But, uh, yeah. But I encourage you to check out Rocky Thompson's fights. I really do. So, anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Um, yeah. My, my, my countdown to Vegas has begun. Has begun. Yeah, mid-February, February 19th, and we're out of here. So, I can't wait. Getting excited for it. But, uh, yes. But I'll have a few episodes before then. Um, trying to get a couple guys talking to a player. Hopefully I can interview him on Monday night. So I will have an interview for you on Wednesday. I hope, but we will see. I'll let you know. <laughs> but tune, come back. I hope you do. And in the meantime, please check out the back catalog and, uh, rate and review and download, don't stream and all that stuff. And, uh, I want to, th- I, I always say this and I always mean it. I, I know there's hundreds and hundreds of hockey shows out there to listen to. The fact that you take time out to listen to my show, I greatly appreciate it, and I really and I and I really want to thank you. So, thank you guys. But uh, let's get out of here. Let's go enjoy the weekend. Let's go watch some football. Uh, I just came down. Philly was beating up on the Giants here quickly, so I'm hoping I got them on a parlay. So, fingers crossed. All right, guys, have a good rest of the weekend. Uh, let's attack the work week. Talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 